Hello and welcome back to the Plant-Based Performance Podcast. If you are new here, my name's Amelia Rose and I am a singer. And I am Lee Petcher, also known as Petch, and I am an actor. How is life? Life is... It's weird, isn't it, in lockdown three? Mm. Like lockdown one, there was a bit of novelty to it. Lockdown two, it was like, okay, we've done it before. This one's only a short one. Lockdown three seems to be hitting people a lot harder. Yeah, it's just, we don't know when it's going to end either, do we? So it's just a little bit crazy. Just taking each day as it comes. That's all we can do. It was good having a guest on last week, right? Yeah, different. Mm Mm-hmm. I was really nervous because I don't want to come across like, I don't know what I'm doing. I want to be a professional. I want them to go away and share it with everyone. So it's got to be the best kind of quality. And it's like, I'm asking stupid questions. Are people going to like what I'm asking? Just by the way, if you do like listen to this, we have no idea what we're talking about. No. (laughs) We, We have not a clue. We are making it up each day as it comes. And do you know what? Everybody does that. That's life. So people who look like they've got their shit together really don't. Mm. And I'm learning that. Yeah. How is it for you having a guest on? Yeah, it was good. It's yeah, different. And we've we've managed to find a lot of really cool people who want to come and talk to us, which is amazing. Yeah, these next few weeks, guys, are exciting. We've got some amazing interviews coming up. Can't wait to share them with you. Yeah. Everyone's got such like different reasons for being vegan or plant-based or, you know, they've all got into the industry completely differently. They all have different strengths and weaknesses and it's really interesting to hear other people's stories. Yeah, it is fascinating to hear mainly about why people are vegan because you kind of think it's just one thing and it's not. Three things seem to be coming up time and time again, but, you know, I'll let that come out as the interviews come out, I don't want to spoil anything going forward, but it's really interesting. So listeners, have a think now, what is your why for being vegan? And it doesn't matter. There isn't a right or a wrong, but what is it for you? What is the main thing for you that's either made you turn vegan or makes you stay vegan? Or if you feel like you're going to slip up and you, you fancy something else, what is it that you turn back to to go this is the reason. Mm. And drop us a tweet or uh, an Instagram and and let us know because I'm really interested to find that out. Yeah, exactly. Even me and you have different reasons and different whys. Yeah, exactly. So it's... it's, And it doesn't mean that one's better than the other. No, of course not. I mean, mine is better than yours. I'm joking. (laughs) joking. Yours is always better than mine. (laughs) But um, obviously it's now February as we're recording this. So that means Veganuary is over. And I'd also be super interested to hear from anyone who took part in Veganuary, how they found it. Have they decided to stay vegan for February or did they decide to go back? Like, I would love to hear. Or have you decided to make small changes as well? Like, I found that and that was really nice. So maybe once a week I will have that instead of a meat product or instead of a dairy product. Or you found something that is nicer than something that you've already eaten and you're going, do you know what? I can make that small change. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I would love to hear from you. So if you did Veganuary and you're listening to this, please reach out again on Twitter and Instagram. We're at PB Performers Pod. Please reach out to us and, and tell us how you found it because we would love to chat to you about that. We usually record these on a Saturday and our big shop day is a Friday. Mm-hmm. Now with things being as they are and... I work every alternate Friday anyway. So you usually do the shopping on your own. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed a difference now that Veganuary is over? There was more tofu on the shelves, if if that's what you mean. Because um, the last two or three weeks, I struggled to get any tofu. I had to get smoked tofu, which is, I'd rather get that than nothing. But there was a, a couple of weeks where there was nothing at all. Mm. And I think it also didn't help that the supermarket that we go to had it on offer. Uh, I mean, I say it didn't help. I mean, it's great. We, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to pay less for tofu, but... <laughs> It meant that there was nothing left when I got there on a Friday night. And there's the reason I go on a Friday night is because it obviously takes me an hour to to get around the shop. So by the time I get home and cook tea, I'd rather do it on a Friday because I don't have such a sort of strict yeah. bedtime for getting up at quarter to six in the morning to work out and go to work. So yeah, that's why I do it on a Friday. So by that point, there's not much left. Um, but yeah, there was definitely more tofu on the shelves. What about vegan products in general? Did you see stuff that was there for Veganuary that is now gone or vice versa? Not really. There wasn't a huge difference. I was looking at the Wicked Kitchen stuff though. And I don't know if it's maybe they just didn't have any in that day, but they didn't have the cookies that I've been buying, which was sad because I wanted those. I love a cookie. A cookie is my favourite biscuit. Yeah, cookies. Hands down. Sort of big cookies that you get from a supermarket, like in a bag. Mm, you know those ones? Baked, yeah. And that's kind of warm. That's what those Wicked Kitchen ones were like. And that's why I think I loved them so much because they were, they were such a treat when we've not been able to have something like that for so long. What's your favourite cookie or favourite biscuit even? Favourite biscuit? I think it's probably now a cookie. Yeah, I do think it's a cookie now, but there's a lot of great biscuits out there. Oreos are fantastic. Speaking of Oreo, how's Oreo doing? He's good. He's getting um, he's getting chubby. I don't know whether we've <laughs> given him too many treats or not, but he's getting better, isn't he? Because we've been we we stopped handling him both in one day. Mm. So you we used to because we were both just so excited to have a hamster. We we were trying to handle him and then like pass him to the other person, and I think it was too much for him. So we decided a couple of weeks ago to just take it in turns and I think that's helped don't you yeah he's a lot more because it was my turn with him last night and he's a lot more inquisitive now yeah so we've got this little playpen where one of us sits in and then Oreo comes in and he just runs around and when we first started off he was so excited he'd just run everywhere and then he'd try and claw his way like either try and dig or climb up and but he was full of energy and very rarely did he stop or come on to, to you unless you like bribed him on with a treat. Whereas last night I was in with him and he barely ran around at all. He was just on his hind legs mm. looking at everything that was going on. He's a nosy wee bugger. Then he started, because I was in my pyjamas and slippers last night and he, I'm normally in my, my clothes. He's like, oh, that's new. I'm going to explore that, see what <laughs> that is. Oh, something's on TV. I'm going to watch whatever's on TV. Oh, there's a funny noise over there. I'm going to see what, what's going on over there. 
that was um it was cute. Yeah, he's getting used to us a bit more. He he seemed to have a bit of a fear of hands for a while. Hmm. Um, I think he still has. Yeah, he d- still doesn't like hands very much. But now, you know, I just want to point out that I don't think it's anything that we've done. No. I don't know if it's due to to when he was, you know, really young and, and was being brought up in a house with children that probably didn't really I think mean, about that. He went missing for God yeah. knows how long, so we don't know what happened. Yeah, he went missing for for two two days. So, yeah, I don't. He but he doesn't seem to like hands very much. So he won't. He doesn't like it if you like stick your hand in his cage and stuff. He no. will hide from you. But I've yeah, he's getting a lot better. And once you get him sort of in your hands, he's definitely a lot better a than lot he used calmer, to be. Yeah, he used to like wriggle about quite a lot. Now he will sit there for a while and again, just nosy about and just be calmed and chilled. I used to, I was worried a little bit for the first few weeks thinking, oh my God, like he hates us. What are we going to do? No, you thought he hated you. Well, you yeah. He loved me. Well, yeah, because he would, yes, because he did prefer you. Yeah. He's definitely gotten a lot better. We also need to remember he's still very young. Like very he's, young. he's only about nine weeks or something. We've, we've had him for a month now. That's yeah. flown by. Yep. It has. Well, it's that time of the podcast again where it's Amelia Rose reviews. Obviously, the industry isn't still up and running, but we're watching things on TV. So it's a sin. We've finished it. What do you think? Heartbreaking and beautiful. Very beautiful. A teacher. Um, uncomfortable. But great because it was supposed to make me feel uncomfortable. Mm. That's on BBC iPlayer if anybody wants to watch that. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> We're a few more episodes in now. Are you getting there? Yeah, I get it a bit more. It's frustrating though. I find it frustrating. Just the, some of the storylines just really rub me up the wrong way. <laughs> One division. Mind blowing and just can't wait for each episode. No. It's the best TV I've seen for a while. Mm -hmm. It's Marvel at its best. Guys, even if you're not a Marvel fan, you need to check this out. And the DC rewatch that Mm. we're doing at the moment, we watched Suicide Squad last night. Yeah. Uh, Better than I remember it being when we saw it in the cinema. That's fair. But very much, very Will Smith heavy. Mm. If you don't like Will Smith, I don't think it's for you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Amelia Rose Reviews. (laughs) Honestly, guys, if you want to do a watch along with us at some point, I'm down for that. What do you think? Yeah, that'd be cool, yeah. We pick a franchise. We'll throw it out to you guys as well. Either it's an MCU rewatch along from Iron Man through to where we are now or whatever. And just watch along with you guys get your comments and yeah join us on clubhouse we might even do it on clubhouse so it's all live and not recorded what do you think yeah we'll see what happens anyway this podcast isn't about us it's about our wonderful guest yeah this this week's guest is um someone who's very close to our heart and she mm. she's her name's Ailey and she was on tour with us when we first met um she was pivotal to us getting together yeah she was and she just was a wonderful co-star and person to be on tour with like she was so friendly and and I came into the, I came into it later obviously than you guys mm. and I was a bit worried that I wouldn't live up to the last 
the last person that had been there. But Ailey was, I was obviously going to be sharing a room a lot with Ailey. And yeah, she made me feel so comfortable and so welcome. Yeah. Mm. So it was, it's so nice to speak to her. She became my little sister. I just loved her. I just want to protect her. Yeah. And she's, we still keep in contact, not as much as I'd like, but you know, she'll always have a special place in our hearts. Yeah, absolutely. Ailey Weir trained in musical theatre up in Bonnie, Scotland, and has worked professionally since graduating in 2015 on stage, screen and radio. She's currently undertaken her master's in psychology of mental health at Edinburgh Uni, but still loves performance so much that she managed to squeeze in filming a panto this Christmas around study breaks. Ailey, thank you so, so much for joining us on the Plant-Based Performers podcast. It is amazing to have you here. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here um, because obviously I know you guys and I knew you for the brief amount of time that you knew each other before you became a couple. Yeah. And I like to think of myself as the Cupid. You genuinely um, so yeah, I'm really excited them, yeah. to be here. <laughs> well, when we all first met and were touring together, none of us were vegan. I mean, no. I was veggie, but I wasn't I wasn't plant-based and, and you two weren't either. So it's also just so like cool and like what that now we're having this conversation when exactly you know, yeah. journey previous on, us, we yeah. might have all been like yeah we were saying that like we were saying that yesterday we're like Ailey wasn't she wasn't plant-based when we were on tour with her was she no, we were having a think about we used that. to do on tour uh there's just four of you on tour for, for the listeners who are who are listening and our Blue Fairy, they are our original Blue Fairy left. She was our tour manager. So when I took over tour manager, I was like, let's try and keep the, the morale up. And what can we do? And we did this thing called Team Meal, where once a week, one member of the team would cook for the rest of us. Yeah. And I used kind to make like... Kind of like combine with me. Kind of like combine. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, well, we had the whole competition, didn't we? Do you remember? Yeah, we marked each other, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> even my mum got involved. And she wasn't even on tour. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> but I remember making like fajitas and, mm. and things like that. And I'm like, I don't remember having to make a, a vegan meal at no. all. No, you wouldn't have had to. I yeah, I wasn't I wasn't vegan when we were on tour. I was veggie. Um so you would have done like corn or something for me, yeah. but then yeah. I, I still would have had like cheese and sour cream and stuff. So I yeah, yeah it maybe just I think veggie is a bit easier for, for non-veggie and vegans to cook for for the first time. So yeah, it probably Definitely. doesn't stick out in your memory as much. But it, yeah, yeah, it would have been veggie, not vegan. <laughs> so seeing as you weren't vegan when we met you, or plant-based as um, maybe you you clash yourself, what's your journey with that then? Yeah, even my journey with um, vegetarianism, is that a word? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is now. We'll coin it. <laughs> uh, was a very kind of back and forth one. I actually originally went veggie for the first time when I was about 10 because um, me and my family moved around quite a lot and we were living in China at the time and I was really squeamish always as a child. You know, like if like Holby City was on and there was an operation scene, I'd be like, no, I can't look. Tell me when it's over. And so general stuff made me squeamish. And then when we moved to China, the the meat there was very different. You know, it mm. wasn't like if you ordered chicken, you weren't getting like clean white breast meat it would be you know the foot would be in there and also oh, the, the giblet yeah and I that just really grossed me out so I went veggie in China mainly out of just kind of like squeamish reasons mm. 
and and then kind of maintained that just because obviously I got used to it even after we left China I still kept it up but then when I came back to the UK uh, after living in uh, a different place in Asia for a while after that I I did start eating meat again because I think it was like you know drunk nights out and everyone was having kebabs and so then I I wasn't veggie for a while. So I can't say that I've been veggie since I was 10 because I did break it for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I don't remember how or why or when I went veggie again after that. But I definitely was veggie when we were on tour because I remember that the Blue Fairy before Emma came on was also veggie because she's actually allergic to meat. Yeah. And I remember that me and her would cook our meals together. So I must have been veggie then. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I don't remember when that happened again, but... Anyways, then the transition, I only went vegan in 2018. So this is coming up for year three for me. And I kind of did it as almost like I'm in my head, it was going to be a challenge for like a month, kind of just to see how it went. And that was in August. It wasn't even like veganuary, you know, when most people do it for a month. Yeah. Uh, But I don't like, I had just started meditating as well. Right. And I was really getting into mindfulness and just general holistic well-being kind of stuff. So it all kind of came around that time. And in my head, I really wanted to do it. I really wanted to go full plant-based, vegan, whatever the label. And But I was worried that I would really, really miss chocolate and cheese because mm-hmm. I was fine being veggie. I never once would miss meat like I honestly can genuinely say that I don't miss it at all when I see it when I smell it I'm I'm honestly so like turned off by it but chocolate and cheese I was like are you joking me <laughs> yeah that was you the know, big I, ones for me too and I think for most people I really do like you know the milks that they have nowadays are so nice that's really mm. not a problem and you know you can get like margarine that replaces butter like there are things that are so easy to switch and then chocolate and cheese are just the the kind of biggies that if you've not tried vegan alternatives you just think no how yeah (laughs) Yeah. not possible and so in my head it was like oh I would love to do it but I don't think I really can do it forever so I'll do it for a month and in my head the plan was that I would do it for a month maybe every six months or something and I thought well that's going to be good for the environment and good for my body and good for the animals but you know I'm doing it bit by bit well, basically just after that month, I realized that I didn't miss the cheese and chocolate as much as I thought. And I found some nice alternatives. And so then I've not really looked back since then. So it, it actually only started off as a one month challenge for me. And then now it's it's just continued for three years. That's so similar to our journey as well, because yeah. I'd been sort of yeah. playing with the idea. Then Lee said to me, why don't you try it for a month and I'll do it with you. And now a year and a half later, we're we wouldn't go back yeah I love it yeah (laughs) and I think that's the thing that's what I really do like about veganuary like I was listening to you guys's new year episode and you talk about yes there are lots of pros to it but there's also a a few cons and but I think one of the really great things is the idea just getting people inspired to do it for like a short-term time because I think had I thought of it as this long-term thing I would probably never have even tried it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, but because that's... in my head it was my decision to do it as like I've ch- like I'm quite competitive, so for me also it was like ooh, it's Same. a challenge. Like, can Same. I do it? And yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think I totally agree with you. If you see the journey before you, it's really quite daunting. Yeah, 
But if you can just see the next few steps and you know, right, I've just got to take that step, just got to take that step. And every day is just that little step further. Then yeah. before you know it, you're at the end of the journey. And it's like, oh, that, that wasn't so bad. It's not, yeah. it's not seeing the big picture. It's just seeing the, the little brush strokes to start off with. And then you look yeah. a bit further. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And not thinking oh, forever the rest of my life without cheese. Because forever is such a long time when you think well, about yeah. it. Well, yeah. Totally. When, when it all starts clicking in your mind and just exactly what is happening to the animals, then it, it's kind of like a forever isn't that long at all for me. Like, yeah. And for me, what's, I mean, I, I love animals. Uh, really don't get me wrong on that. But I would say actually my main reason because I, I actually hadn't done a lot of research before I did the month. It really mm-hmm. was just like a bit of a competitive challenge. Then once I enjoyed the month, that was when I started watching the documentaries and yep. listening to the podcast. And actually for me, the the thing that keeps my motivation when I do have a bit of a wobble is environment for me, which obviously yep. encompasses animals as well. But yeah. actually for me, it's more the idea of like the earth. Like yep. that's who Absolutely. I feel like I'm protecting by doing this. Well, yep. not protecting but you know making a pos- a bit of a positive difference yeah of course and yeah so it's i'm not necessarily my primary reason isn't the animals it's obviously a great secondary mm. reason that comes with it for me i think it's yeah the uh yeah, and i think it's important for everybody to realize as well that every vegan has their own different whys as yeah. to why they became vegan and why they still are vegan it's not mm. always about the animals yes like you said they are important and it's a strong underlining uh, kind of, yeah. But some people, it is the environment. It's like, Mm -hmm. what are we leaving for our future generations? Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's health, for some it's fitness. And there's no right or wrong. Anyone can be vegan for any reason. Yeah, exactly. And actually, to be honest, I'm definitely a bit of, I would say all three. I'm sure there's actually probably more than three, but for me, it is my own health because I have noticed a, a positive um, effect on my personal health and then also the environment and also the animals like I really care quite passionately about, about all three so it's yeah, like the yeah, holy trinity it's... isn't it <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so when people say what's your reason I'm like well it's not really just one yeah um, exactly so you said that you um, became plant-based around the same time you started meditating and sort of started on your spiritual mm-hmm. journey do you mm-hmm. think they go hand in hand quite well for you I do and I actually I sometimes get annoyed that that is the case for me only because I think there is the stereotype on both ends. I think there's a stereotype that all vegans are like hippie meditating Mm -hmm. people. And there's also the stereotype that all spiritual people are vegan. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately I play into both of those. (laughs) But I know people in both communities who are completely unrelated from the other community. Mm -hmm. So I really do like to think that it's not a case that both those stereotypes are true. Like, yes, I am the example <laughs> to a T. However, um, I just want to put that out there because I think, you know, people who want to be able to be like, oh, that's a stereotype. They might listen to me talking about both sides and be eye rolling like, oh, yeah, classic vegan meditates every day <laughs> or classic meditator is a vegan, you know, like both ways. But I mean, I really I have friends in who are vegan who have never meditated before and I have loads of meditating friends who eat meat every day so it's not the case that we're all like this but yes I am that girl to be fair I think it was last year I started to to meditate Mm. I wouldn't say religiously but there was a time where especially during lockdown number one I would get up 
we would work out first thing in the morning because that's when I find my energy levels high. I need to get the body moving. I need to get the blood pumping. After the workout, I would then meditate whilst I'm amid uh, a nice vegan breakfast. And then I would uh, journal and then I'd start work. And I got into that oh, kind of... Oh, that's the life. <laughs> it, it was. It's it's hard to maintain. Like Things have fallen by the wayside slightly now. But We sleep, we sleep for longer now. A little bit longer now, yeah. <laughs> But I got into that that kind of routine and it did really focus my energy first yeah. thing in in the morning especially 100%. for lockdown one when when i needed it when we mm. were chatting off uh off camera off mic be- before we we went on and saying how lockdown one was kind of a bit of a novelty and, and things like that and it's getting a bit harder now but i think during lockdown one me doing all that really focused me to be in, in a position where i am now and i think yeah. a lot of vegans okay they may not meditate and, and things like that but just being aware of something other than yourself, something bigger. Yeah, totally. I think that that just goes hand in hand anyway. So I'm I not really surprised. Do, yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised that those stereotypes exist because mm-hmm. for once you're thinking more than just yourself. You're thinking outside, whatever that is. Exactly. And as you say, it's something that's bigger than you because I think, you know, I've never, I, I, I'd say I'm a spiritual person, but I'm really not a religious person. Religion mm. always um, kind of, um, what's that saying? Scratched me the wrong way? No, rubbed me the wrong way. Is Rub, that it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. <laughs> like, the, I, <laughs> I'm pal. No, we're not talking about that. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? But, um, the idea of religion always rubbed me up the wrong way, just because you know it's rules and all that yeah. kind of stuff, and can be quite strict. But um, spirituality for me is like, yeah, this idea that we're connected to something more than just ourselves in this one physical body and that's all that matters and so for me it's not even like I still don't really like the word god like it just doesn't sit well with me but for me the earth is like this kind of like thing that's bigger than me that I feel really connected to and I think that we're all of us that are on it are all connected somehow and I'm getting really woo woo here but that's to me the earth is that thing so that's where the environment comes into me being vegan and that's Mm. why I can see how there are so many spiritual people who are vegans and vice versa vegans who come into spirituality because there is that element of feeling this connectedness to other living beings yes. and and this big organism the earth that we live on and and that's that's quite a big part of it for me now that keeps me on the on the tracks is that connection that I feel we had this exact same conversation yesterday and mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally like you I don't like religion how can yeah. one religion be right, one religion be wrong? How can one God be right, one God be wrong, one God be vengeful, one God be kind? It it right. just doesn't sit well with me. But for and for a long time I was atheist. I'd say mm-hmm. I'm agnostic now, but spiritual. I do believe that we all vibrate on this frequency, whatever frequency that we're on, and some are higher than others, but we are, like you said, we are all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Everything on earth affects everything. And it is right, an ecosystem. Effect. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I yeah totally agree with you on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're definitely on the same page there. So early when we met, mm-hmm. you were Pinocchio. You played a <laughs> a wooden boy with a big <laughs> nose. I did. So I had a big nose amongst other things. It was, it was a kids show. It was a kids show. <laughs> we um we were just reading your bio before we went on, and you graduated in two thousand fifteen. Yes. You went on tour in 2015. I did. So what was your journey into the industry? Like from 
from whenever you decided you wanted to be an actress, singer, dancer through to through to now. Give us a bit of background on that. So I I would say I came to performing relatively late in the game because often so many, especially because I ended up um, studying musical theatre. And oftentimes when you speak to musical theatre people, they started dancing when they were three and they've mm. been singing since they were seven and all this kind of stuff. I actually didn't really take drama at school or plays or anything seriously until I was about 15, 16. And uh, what's really interesting was that, so I had chosen to take drama as a GCSE. So I obviously did have a little bit of interest, mm. but I wasn't, I never really thought to like audition for a lead role in the school play or anything like that. So I didn't, I auditioned to be one of the kind of background dancers and um, the drama teacher actually said to me, you're coming to audition for this part. And it was the lead female part. And I was like, oh no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm auditioning for a dancer. Like I didn't realize he was telling me. I thought he was, <laughs> I thought he had things mixed up. And so I was like correcting him. I was like, no, no, I'm not. And he was like, no, you are. And I was like, no, I'm not. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm natural blonde. And so these things take time. And, <laughs> and then, so went and did the audition and I thought, okay, whatever, I'll humor him. And then he gave me the part and then I did that. So I did that school play. What part was then, it? Oh, this is making me think back. It was called The Imaginary Invalid, the play. Yes. What part? I was, I was in it. No way. I played I two was, parts. Who were you? Clayon and Thomas. Oh, who's Clayon's love interest? I was her. Oh, Ange- Angelique. Angelique. Ange- yes. Yeah. <laughs> Angelique. I was was oh my god I, so I, do, I do not know this play <laughs> it's a really random play I definitely wouldn't have heard of it if I hadn't been in it no that is funny because it is such a random play that no one ever knows it no that's one hears of I, it yeah yeah that's why I couldn't even think of the like the name for a bit there because I had to think because you know I don't bring it up in conversation because people would just be like what, what? so <laughs> anyway so I did so I got given the role of Anjali in Imaginary Invalid and I did that. And then so obviously it was a school play. The only people that came were like teachers, parents, school friends. But one of the music teachers at my school, her husband came along and he was a professional director. He then saw me in that and then asked me to go and audition for a professional show. I was living in Singapore at the time, going to school there. And so that so when I was 17 was my first professional acting job, which wow. I got kind of scouted for, like at my school play, which is so weird because I don't know that that happens a lot. It's like a very weird movie Hollywood story that you've <laughs> seen and then after you've And it wasn't a massive, like it wasn't a massive thing. It was, it was um, what was called the Short and Sweet Festival, which I guess is Singapore's answer to like a fringe. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. You know, it's all kind of shorter plays and, and they all go on one after the other. So you would go and see quite a few plays in a row. You wouldn't, you'd get your ticket and you'd get to see a few different shows in a row. It wouldn't just yeah. be one big performance. But anyways, you know, everyone else in the plays that I was put on in a, a lineup with were you know established actors a, for, a lot from Australia there were some Americans and then some Singaporeans um some Brits and they were all older than me I was 17 years old and I was the youngest by far in the whole cast and so that was just like I mean I think that was the moment for me that it was like oh this is what I want to do I look like I had so much fun nice. and it was so exciting and it was so cool and obviously I felt really cool because I was 17 and everyone was old <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was the bee's knees um so yeah so I wasn't really 17 until I fully fully decided 
that that was what I wanted to do. And it, it did up until, you know, this changes later on in the story, but it landed on my lap up until that point very much. So it wasn't mm. that I went out looking for it. I wasn't this like stage kid who had always dreamed of it. Um, and actually, I remember when I was about eight years old, my mom took me to drama lessons and I hated it and I cried. And I <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it just goes to show that things change, people change. Uh, then anyways, came to Scotland and did acting for the, because in Scotland, you do four years for your degree, not three, like in uh, the rest of the UK. My first two years were in acting, just straight up acting. Uh, and then I auditioned for a, to transition for my third and fourth year um, at a different union musical theatre and got in. So I did two years acting and then two years musical theatre, which is also quite a nice perspective because like I used to sometimes find there was a bit of a divide between actors and musical yeah. theatre people mm-hmm. and they kind of don't like each other sometimes <laughs> and each obviously think that they're better <laughs> than the other. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that I've been on both sides of the fence um, and there are pros to con and pros and cons, sorry, to both. And there are strengths and weaknesses in in both you know, groups of people, obviously, and and that's me totally generalizing. Obviously, within individuals that do acting courses and musical theatre courses, you're always going to get exemptions to the rules. But yeah. it's just really nice that I've been on both sides because, again, me being very competitive, I think if I'd only ever been one, I so would have been one of those people that was like, whatever one I had done, I would have been like, well, we're the best. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones, like, just don't do real performing. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad that I got to do both because otherwise I totally would have been an ass to whoever was <laughs> what I had done. At least you can oh. admit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, and then I, when I graduated, I, the first audition I did was for the tour that we did together. And so got that job. And thought, well, hey, this is how it works. You audition and you get the job. How nice. I know, right? So I went and did that six months and that was great. And then actually, to be fair, it that it did continue a little bit for me because I, I finished that job. And then I got my first um, static panto because we were touring. But then I got mm. my first panto like in a theatre up in Scotland. Um, and... And so then I did that. And then I moved to London and then it all changed. Yeah. And then began the auditioning and the auditioning and the auditioning and, you know, before you would get a job. But then once again, I got really lucky. And I do say, like, I do say it's luck because, you know, when you say that to people and they're like, oh, don't, don't downplay it. You're really good. And I'm like, yeah, I I mean, I do think I'm good. Otherwise I wouldn't do it. But I know so many people in the industry who are really talented and it didn't work that way for them. So Mm -hmm. I know that it's not just because... I'm good at what I do. Like I know it, there is also luck to it. And I'd be really bloody big headed to say that that's not the case because like, I know that for a fact. I think luck comes down to two things. It's yeah. preparedness and mm. opportunity. Yeah. So and one you have a bit of control, one you don't at all. Yeah. You can't control the opportunity, but if you're not, no. if the opportunity comes and you're not prepared, you're not going to yeah. land it. Of if course. you're prepared and no opportunity comes, then there's mm-hmm. nothing to land. So right, and it's it, not your fault. And it's, exactly. And yeah. As yeah, long as yeah, you're exactly prepared, that. when the opportunity comes, that's when you land it. And that's when I say luck in air quotes kind of happens. It is luck because you need the opportunity yeah. to come. But if you're not prepared for it, you're timing. never going to Timing, yeah. yeah. Timing and, and the right people at the right time and all this stuff. So, so yeah. So then I, I had the phase, I had the phase though in London of like auditioning and auditioning and not getting stuff. So I've definitely like seen and felt and experienced that side of the industry. Mm. 
but then I got a job touring um, theatres with um, a company and they kind of kept me on for a while. So I did a few contracts repeatedly with them and would pause every Christmas to come back up to do the panto in Scotland. So I've done that for five years with them now, um, which, you know, we'll see how much longer I can get away with principal girl. Once I start getting wrinkles, I'll be bin. But um, not that's at all. Great. <laughs> makeup, makeup is a wonderful thing. Early. That's true. But, you know, the thing is, is that it depends on the age of the prince, doesn't it? Because at what point does it become inappropriate that I'm snubbing <laughs> some like 22 year old boy if I'm like, you know, 35? You've like, got a while know. yet. You've got a while yet. Don't funny. worry. Yeah. And then, and so then last year, I, oh no, actually, I keep forgetting that it's 2021. Yeah. So last year, I actually meant 2019. Um, so two years ago, I really got into the meditation. I took a little course, like I was doing meditation myself since 2018, but then I took a course so that I could host workshops. Um, and I started my own business doing that. And I created a few online courses that beginners could do. And so I started doing that kind of on the side and I was still touring and pantoing at the time. Mm. But then I really was like, you know, I love this. I love the the mindfulness, the well-being, the mental health side of things. And so then during lockdown one, I applied for my master's in psychology of mental health at yeah. Edinburgh Uni and I got in. So that's what I'm doing now. And I, I'm kind of probably going to take quite a bit of a break from acting mm-hmm. um, to focus on that because I really do feel like my passion in this area now has kind of started to overtake the passion for performing. And for me, the industry is such a way that you can only, I can only justify doing it if I absolutely love it and can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. And I had always said to myself, if I find anything else that I feel as passionate about, I will definitely give that a go because I think that most other industries would be easier mental health wise for me Mm. to live Mm. in and work in than um, the acting industry and so that's what I'm going to start exploring now. So do you think your background in performing has helped with this uh, well the meditation courses and and the things that you do because you are in a way you're still performing you're still giving people information in a way that it kind of needs to be performed for them to to receive it right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think for one, when it comes to me recording the guided meditations that I do and like, you know, that's one that's using my voice. So the fact that I do vocal warmups beforehand and, you know, I'm not like monotonous and, and a voice that's not very pleasant to listen. Well, I don't, who's me to say that my voice <laughs> is pleasant to listen to. I just mean like technically as yeah. someone who who has used Ailey's meditations, can I just put it out there that they are great? They're really good. So if Thanks, anyone is Emma. interested, we'll drop a link or something in the description because honestly, they're really good. Thank you. And, you know, I do do the whole meditation voice thing because right now I'm talking to you and it's very blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> but when you're leading, it's like, and breathe in, you know, you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, the acting stuff comes in with that. And then also for me, because the the meditations that I've recorded are all very creative guided meditations. I like to get people to use their imagination and take them on a bit of a journey. And so I think not necessarily only through being an actor, but just through being a creative person in general, that helps me come up with new ideas mm. for workshops. Um, because, you know, sometimes the reason that people don't like meditation is because they find it boring because you'll find a lot on YouTube that just tell you to focus on the breath or they have a very specific kind of 
a visual journey. They take you on. I like to come up with really, you know, different and I like to think imaginative ways. And then also for me with the the psychology that I'm learning about now, obviously getting into different characters, you're literally getting into the mind of someone else when you play a role. And so I, again, I like to think that that helps me in understanding other people's perspectives and like trying to put myself in their shoes, Mm. which I, as a, a counselor which is which is what I'm wanting to train to be I think that's a really useful skill and I think that most actors do have an element of that because although there's the whole thing of like you know being typecast and, and only auditioning for parts that are very you a lot of actors still want to be very versatile and are very versatile so especially when we were training and you didn't have a full range within your class and you had to play parts very far removed from probably what you would in, in the real industry yeah we've all done that thing of trying to get into the headspace of someone so different or from a really different background and you do the research and so uh, you know i think that it definitely ties together like i'm finding it gives me a, a really interesting perspective that's amazing. I think I've had conversations with people who have wanted to leave the industry and the mm. conversation usually goes down the line of, I spent so long doing this, it's all a waste. And it's like, it's right. not a waste. No. You being Your an actor so transferable. so transferable. I know teachers, like some of the best teachers I know mm. were actors at one point because right. it gives you that control of the breath. It gives you that diction, that clarity, that projection, mm. that, like trying to control a load of kids in an assembly and you've got yeah, you a, a timid voice you've got to right so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah guys if that is something that you are thinking of doing just mm-hmm. you know if you do want to leave the industry it's not a waste it is not no. a waste whatsoever yeah every part of your life yourself. yeah, yeah just the, the skills pop up in everyday life and even you know within like interpersonal relationships and and just like day-to-day skills social skills being able to go and speak to new people. I mean, this is not a thing now, but at parties and, you know, not feeling super, super shy and, and really nervous about being in front of people. I yeah. just, I know so many people that that really struggle with that, you know, social anxiety. And, and obviously some actors do have this as well. I'm quite generalizing here, but people who are really shy and things like that are very daunting. It, at the end of the day, if you've even if you suffer with social anxiety, if you know that you've been on stage and sang in front of 500 people, you can find the strength in yourself to remind yourself, if I can do that, of course I can go to this party of 20 people yeah. that I don't know and I will be okay because I survived mm. that time on stage. So even if it's not to do with your job, I just think the life skills, like the social skills are really important and yeah. listening like actors are taught yeah. to listen we have to listen to be able to in react, order to react. Yeah. and people just normal day people muggles they don't listen <laughs> <laughs> they wait for their time to talk that's all it is and you can tell it's like mm. no just listen to what i'm saying right. come take a class right. with me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so since you were sort of on tour and doing panto since 2018 what's your experience been like being vegan being in the industry I mean I found it completely fine because the tour that I was doing we all just did our own thing for meals anyway yeah um well we would often actually for the that's for lunch I'm talking for the evening we would actually all go and eat out together at like a restaurant we were normally on the road so it'd be like whatever you know M8 pit stop it was or whatever Mm -hmm. but there's always vegan options I think it wasn't finding vegan options that was difficult 
but what really was difficult for me from the environmental issue was like obviously when you are eating those meal deals there's a lot of plastic involved um and when you're on tour if you're going on tour for the weekend you can make things at home and bring them in Tupperware but if you were going away for two weeks at a time at some point which I was you you can't do that obviously yeah go off you're kind of and we were staying in travel lodges you know we didn't have a kitchen it wasn't um like when we were touring together it used to be accommodations a whole house but when I was touring from 2018 onwards it was we would stay in in hotels and so you know you didn't have the option of cooking stuff you either ate out which is fine but a lot more expensive by the way yeah so much Um, more expensive yeah and or you were having kind of like meal deals that you were just bringing back or microwave meals and there's just so much plastic so I didn't find it difficult to to not be eating meat because the meat eaters struggled with the amount of plastic as well you know but um obviously just for me with the environment being one of my big reasons that was that was not great yeah. did you ever find the meat eaters had to make compromises or did you ever feel like they had to make compromises to accommodate your vegan choice i didn't but then i was i i mean i'm still friends with everyone that I've ever toured with so I'm like maybe it's just because they're lovely people and they didn't ever let me know that they were making choices for me um because I don't feel like I ever dictated where we could or couldn't eat Mm -hmm. um to be honest nowadays it's so good that you the only place that you can go to a restaurant and they don't have a vegan option is probably like a steakhouse and to be honest on the road we weren't driving past many steakhouses on the motorway anyway so like it wasn't really an option so yeah I don't feel like they had to accommodate me but then also they're really nice people so if they were they probably weren't letting me know because they didn't want me to feel bad about that so mm. I, no, like I mean not, but I don't know. that's that's great to hear for people who maybe in the future might be going on tour like it's not yeah. actually maybe going to be as hard as you think it is if mm. you are going to restaurants and things there are so many options nowadays yeah exactly and at the end of the day when you're touring to places that have theatres you're often like, you know, you're not out in the sticks in the middle of Mm. nowhere. Like we would, the theater is often right next to the railway station, which is right next to the high street. And, you know, there was always those kind of chain places, which all have vegan, you know, the Frankie and Benny's and Nando's and all those, they all have vegan options. So um, the kind of places that, that you go, if you're, if you're doing a theater tour, like you're not going to be out in the middle of nowhere. How did you find the breakfasts in the places like the travel lodges, the premier inns and things like that? We didn't, we didn't get those. We just had our own. So again, that was fine because I would get like dairy free porridge pots and stuff. But again, it's just a lot of waste. Um, Yeah. You know, it was was waste. It was, yeah, yeah, the the actual food was, was fine. I never had to break my morals or whatever, (laughs) but it was, it was just the amount of, one single use um yeah materials that was just like yeah it's everywhere isn't it it's so hard mm. to to avoid sometimes it's, it's like bananas in shops it comes in a packaging as it is do you know what i mean yeah. you don't need yeah. plastic around it exactly the skin is the packaging <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's mad isn't it really <laughs> yeah have you got an agent at the moment no i don't i actually left my agent I actually want to say that it was maybe 2018. Mm. Once once I got whatever was the first contract with the company that I then did a few with, yeah. I left them because obviously with the agent, you're giving a cut of your money to them. Of course. And the producer of the show had kind of said to me, like, 
that he was going to take me on again. And so then like, I kind of business mindedly was like, <laughs> well, now that I know that information, <laughs> I'll just leave my agent and then I don't need to give them that money because I'll start this new contract unrepresented. Yeah. Um, so did and, you and ever, also, sorry, did you ever have to have that conversation with your agent about being vegan or had you kind of left them by that point? I think I left them the summer that I went vegan. Mm. Um, and I don't think I ever told them that I was veggie. And when I've been doing the panto for the last five years, because so I wouldn't have been vegan the first, I want to say two pantos. Mm-hmm. Um, but the everyone on the cast and crew would always know that I was veggie and vegan because we would have like, obviously pantos around Christmas time. We would always have a, a Christmas meal at a restaurant. Yeah. And so people you know, we, we all got sent emails asking for dietary requirements and blah, blah. And they were really good about that. I think I was the only, I know the stage manager was also veggie. Um, so yeah, that like, I just feel like I've never had an issue with it in the industry. I've been, whether I've been lucky or whether that's that's because it's changing and it is, people Mm. have realized not an issue. It doesn't need to be an issue. Like it really doesn't. Um, But yeah, I've always, like, I've never had problems with it. Although actually, do you know what's the only thing when it's panto time and obviously everyone's got their like celebrations and the quality streets yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, cause our panto would have kids as the dancers, like all mm-hmm. of the cast yeah. are grown up professional actors, but the kids, are, uh, the dancers, sorry, are, you know, kids from local schools to get them on stage and give them experience. And they would come in and they're so sweet. And you know what it's like when they're like, little girls especially and you're like playing the princess so they're just they think you're like the coolest thing ever yeah and so they would always turn up at the door with like cakes that they had made at home or like chocolates and obviously you don't want to be rude and be like no thanks I'm vegan um has that got dairy in it sorry yeah you used eggs (laughs) yeah so I'm just always like oh thank you and then they just sit on my dressing room table until I can give them to someone or some I will admit I have caved and I have eaten some of them sometimes because you're like it's Christmas I've done two shows today I'm knackered someone has made this cake for me I'm gonna eat it like I'm not fair enough strict. Yeah, yeah but um but yeah that's probably the only time that I've found it difficult and it's just I think it's because it's kids and you just don't want to yeah don't wanna say, like when they went to the effort you just don't want to stand there and say, <laughs> you don't want to scar them for life do you? yeah <laughs> so that's probably the only time that I've not like spoken up for myself and said oh no actually thank you but I'm I'm vegan and it's just because it's kids so I yeah think that makes that makes sense no yeah. that makes total sense so you do you do a lot of panto. I know from doing panto in the past that there's a lot of stage makeup involved. Maybe it's because I'm ugly. I don't know, but there's a lot <laughs> of stage makeup involved. Uh, have you ever had that conversation with like the makeup department and things like that? Like, can I have stage makeup that's vegan? Or is that, again, something that's not really crossed your mind? Well, I, I'm lucky on the one that I do because we basically get a budget and we buy our own makeup. Right. Mm. So I obviously try and get brands that, that are vegan um and I also try and I remember like I had some makeup that I'm really bad because I know that you're not meant to keep makeup for longer than I think 12 months or like it's I have makeup for years (laughs) yeah I me too so I think it's a myth because I mean I'm still alive (laughs) so I mean I when I first went vegan I reckon that most of my makeup bag was not cruelty free Mm -hmm. but I kind of thought well what's the point in throwing it out now yeah obviously half used makeup bottles are not the kind of thing you can like put into a charity shop so they're not going to get reused so um 
I, I did continue to use those until they ran out. Now, whenever I buy something new, yeah, I definitely make. That's always our advice to everyone. We did we did an episode on cosmetics and things. I would never throw something away because that's more wasteful. So right, use exactly. it, use yeah. it up, and then make better choices when you are going to exactly. buy something new. There's no point in throwing it all away. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. So, so I had um, a little. I'm going to interview you now. Oh, clock twist. No, not really, <laughs> not really. But I was listening to a couple of your most recent podcast episodes, and Lee, we're talking about you were kind of did like a shout out for personal trainers and nutritionalists because you you feel like, you know, you've been really working really hard on your health and your body and your nutrition for a long time. I remember you doing all the Sean T videos when we were on tour. I would sometimes join you and sweat and die. Um, When when those pictures come up on my timeline, I'm like, oh, those were the days. (laughs) Even when Morse got involved as well. That's right. And he was like, oh, what's this? Um, (laughs) So I wanted to, obviously I'm not a personal trainer nor am I a nutritionist. I don't even know if that's a word. I'm not either of those things. You're just making up all the words today. I love a made up word. Who doesn't? But I wanted to talk to you about something that I do know about, which is the mind-body connection and mindset in general. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to quiz you a little bit about this. And I was thinking, will I do this when we're not recording? But I was like, no, because you know what? I think... As you said, like the acting industry, there is a lot of pressure on how we look. So I think that, you know, that there will be people in your audience who might be interested to maybe hear this conversation. Yeah, Yeah. uh, quickly Um, on that. I know it's a lot of women feel this pressure and quite rightly so. The media for women is atrocious. It's Mm -hmm. you have to have the perfect body, this, that and the other. And I really do sympathize for women. I'm here to shout out for the men as well, because we have just oh, as much on pressure. Both sides. Exactly. Absolutely. But I feel yeah. men feel really embarrassed about speaking up about it because it's not, in air quotes, manly enough to do so. So guys, yeah. if you're in the same position as me, listen to Ailey now. Come on, drop some knowledge, Ailey. Yeah, and you're not alone. And, and here's, here's Lee talking about it, which is great because, you know, the more people talk about things that are difficult and vulnerable, then the less the stigma is every time, no matter what the topic. Um, okay, so I, I just, something that I watched a TED Talk about was really interesting and it kind of just demonstrated the mind body connection which I'm just going to briefly explain before I go on to ask you the questions I'm going to ask okay um just for anyone who's a bit skeptical as to why my advice is being given because they might think that's totally not related to a physical outcome mm-hmm. um so there's this TED talk and she talks about I really can't remember the lady's name so I should probably find that afterwards and send you the link so you can put it in the show notes I'll yeah please do that Um, but she basically talks about one of these experiments that, um, a bunch of scientists did and a bunch of scientists is the technical term (laughs) (laughs) and they gave people this milkshake, right? They batch made this massive, however many milligrams of milkshake. And then they, they split these participants into two groups. Was it, was it a vegan milkshake? Oh, I don't think it was. (laughs) So we'll write them an angry letter <laughs> or, or I'll do a new study once I'm a qualified scientist and do it with vegan milkshakes. Nice. But anyway, <laughs> so half half the people, they were in separate rooms and half the people got given this milkshake in a bottle that was called the indulgence shake, decadent, you know, deluxe um, and, and chocolate. And it's got this and, and it said however many, like 600 or something calories on the bottle, right? Mm. The other group, meanwhile, are being given the exact same milkshake and their bottle says 
you know, the, I can't remember exactly, but it's like the slim shake or something. And it's like a diet controlled, uh, balanced, you know, thing. And it's got vitamins, B, 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 and it was, you know, 120 calories, yeah. whatever. So these people, they took uh, physical measurements of a thing, a hormone called ghrelin. Now, don't come to me for the science of exactly what this is, but it's basically the hunger hormone. Okay, so, right. the, the, so if you have a lot of ghrelin, you know, your, your body is saying, hey, I'm hungry, I need to eat, I'm empty. Um, so they measured people's ghrelin amounts before they drank the milkshake, and then they measured them afterwards. And the group that thought they had the milkshake that was the indulgent, decadent, 600 calorie thing, their ghrelin levels dropped way more than the other group. Even though they had both drank the exact same thing. So I'm just mentioning this experiment to point out the fact that we think that, you know, calories in, calories out is the bottom line of losing or gaining weight and and there's nothing else involved. But like literally those shakes were the same calories for both groups. Mm -hmm. But the way that they thought about them and what what their mind was telling their body that they were digesting literally resulted in different hormonal levels. Right. So the impact that your mind and your mindset therefore can have on your your physical body and it's the outcomes is is huge. And there's loads more experiments uh, that that show this. That's just one yeah. example. I don't want your podcast to be 500 hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you now a few questions, and you it, it might be a little bit vulnerable actually to be asking you this in front of your podcast audience. But I feel oh, like I'm, I'm all about vulnerability. Exactly. I thought this, so I was like, this would be fine. I'm just going to spring it on him. Um, okay. So I want to ask you, first of all, close your eyes. Let's, let's, you know, visualize, get in the zone. My eyes are closed um, to the listeners. Also, mine are also closed. <laughs> I, I can confirm they are closed. <laughs> so I want you to imagine that it is, you know, say six months to a year from now, somewhere that feels semi-reasonable for you, that you would have attained your dream body I mean like no ifs or buts like if you could wave magic wand and literally every detail that you had ever imagined and wanted and wished for you you wake up you're in bed it's the morning time you wake up you look down there's your body and you know you've been working on it it's not like a surprise it's not like oh shit (laughs) where did that come from (laughs) right it's you know you wake up and knowing you've you've been waking up this way for a while so this is like every day Mm. And you wake up and this is your body. So I want you to then get out of bed and you walk over to a mirror and you're looking in the mirror. You're like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and how do you feel? How do you feel looking in this reflection? How do you feel in this body, in this reality? I feel happy, confident. Mm-hmm. I feel energized. Mm-hmm. happy confident and energized awesome mm. um you can open your eyes now if you wish so those are the feelings right that you attribute with this body having this mm. body and if you had this body those are things that you imagine that you would feel on like a daily basis yeah um when was the last time that you felt happy tell me a story about when you felt happy recently Oof. I know what you're saying. I I think my my question to you is mm-hmm. happy in my body or just happy in general? Happy in general. Happy in general. I was yeah. happy yesterday. 
It was my birthday to the listeners. Thank you for all the gifts that I didn't get. (laughs) Happy belated birthday. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, And we had a really, really nice day, didn't we? Mm -hmm. And the, the acting community that I work for gave, they recorded and edited this beautiful video, which I wasn't expecting. Aww. And then a little bit later down the line, one of the community came to, to the door. It's a complete surprise to me. Emma knew about it. And they, they bought me a lot of Spider-Man gifts as well. Oh, and oh you love Spider-Man. I love yep. Spider-Man. <laughs> and I was I was so happy. <laughs> I, I felt, yeah, I felt really happy and validated and appreciated. That's, yeah. Gorgeous. That's yeah. And confident was the other one. So um, tell me about a time semi-recently when you felt, really confident semi recently when I felt confident you can go a little bit further back if you have to obviously I know COVID probably affects the amount of opportunities we have to engage in circumstances where we feel super confident maybe confidence is weird for me the the last time that springs into my head of Mm -hmm. confidence was on stage with yourself in Mm -hmm. Pinocchio yeah, uh, particularly times when the music cut <laughs> didn't play, <laughs> yeah. and we had to stall, improvise, improvise yeah. a guitar solo and get <laughs> right. a lot of kids up on stage. Uh, and I felt right. and you wouldn't think I... twice about it. Yeah, you would just like take that moment, own it, rock it. No one had a clue there was anything going wrong. You exactly. would kind of. I was the more inexperienced actor at the time, and you were like really taking the lead, and it was just kind of like. Yeah, I mean, radiated confidence. Yes. Okay, so we've got happy, we've got confidence. Um, energized. Um, what's an activity that makes you feel energized? So this question is slightly different, just it's less of an emotion and more of a feeling. I feel energized and pumped and things like that after a workout. Okay, great. So basically, we always think that there is this kind of physical external thing that will lead to certain feelings. Mm-hmm. And that's why we want the thing, because actually, what does a six pack mean on its own? I mean, we're society. That's a bit of a difficult question because we are societally conditioned to think that it means attractiveness, yeah, uh, or or you know, strength and all this kind of stuff. But actually, if you imagine like waking up that kind of day to day thing, and then looking in the mirror and feeling that happy, confident, energized from your body, yeah you're not some of the other benefits of having a six pack such as like taking cool pictures or whatever are not things that would actually happen in your day-to-day life no so you want to think about what are the day-to-day reasons that you want this and what are the feelings behind them because also i can guarantee you you will find men uh women whoever with six packs and perfect the perfect dream body and they don't feel that way every day yeah so we always think, you know, if I if I looked this way, I would feel so happy every day. Yeah. And that would probably be true. Like, again, the novelty factor we were talking about with lockdown, like there would be a period of time where you would wake up every day and look in the mirror and see the six pack and go, yeah. I'd, I'd never wear clothes again. <laughs> <laughs> or so you think. And, and, but, you know, the novelty would eventually wear off. Things yeah. would start taking your attention in life and, you know, that would be it. But so, but we think, we do think when we don't have stuff, especially, and we've never maybe had something that 
that's going to be the magic thing that just shifts it and makes yeah. us feel that way. Um, actually, what I want you to do, I've got some homework for you now. So you named me happy, mm-hmm. confident, and energized. Mm-hmm. So I want you to tap into those feelings daily. Yeah. Like you might, do, you know, you might think, yeah, I do have happy moments da- daily anyway, like that just happen in life. But I want you to like consciously make it a little bit of a routine and an effort for like five minutes in the evening or morning to yeah. sit and like, I am going to cultivate feelings of happiness, confidence, and feeling energized. So that might be through the exercise we just did, like recalling a memory. Yeah. Or it might be, for example, with energized, you know that the the workout itself makes you feel that way. So if and if you can think of like another activity that brings out confidence, maybe even recording the podcast or, or posting something on social media, um, and then happiness, like think of an activity, maybe meditation. You know, if you can kind of like attribute like a a, a practice that you can have every day that's gonna link you to those feelings. Yeah you're you're just tapping into the feelings that you associate with the body yeah so first of all you're just making that mind body connection between the feelings that you think belong to this six pack patch like you can have them every day now on your way there yeah um and then the other thing i want you to really really focus on is the way that you talk to yourself about the body Mm. because what I will say, and this will be slightly woo-woo, but I don't care, is that <laughs> listening listening to you talking in general on the podcast, I was saying to you guys, I find the podcast so light and bright and your energy is so uplifting to me. And I don't think that's just because I know you both personally. I do think it's really genuinely like this chemistry and, and just the the passion that you guys clearly have for what you're talking about. And then when you spoke about the body stuff and you said, you know, I've been doing it for years and it's still, and I'm just not where I thought I'd be like the energy just like dropped and it's this mm-hmm. very negative thing. And I know you, and I know that you would never speak in that way to make someone else feel like that. No, if that no. makes sense. No, it's true. He's, he's awful to himself. I mean, right. I, I'm, a, I'm not great either, but you're, you, you are such a kind person mm-hmm. apart from yeah. to yourself. Yeah. And like, whose body do you think your body is? It's yours. So if you're <laughs> yourself in a really negatively energy way, you're bringing that negative energy to your body. Of course, it's mm. not doing what you want it to do. You're berating it every day. Yeah. No, you're like, right. you I love to, that. Yeah. You, you need to think of, because you love animals, right? So like, think of your body as a puppy. <laughs> and then anytime, anytime you look in the mirror and think, oh, like, are you going to look at a puppy and be like, oh, you're not the most attractive puppy I've ever seen. So I don't love you as much as I could. No, I love I'm going to love you, little puppy, when you look like, you know, the Labradoodle or whatever's the most best looking dog. I'm not going to love, love you while you're a pug or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. I love all puppies. Yeah. So maybe that's not the best example, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Love a, a puppy any less. Any less. How it no, goes. that's true. And or for it not doing the thing you want it to do. So you're trying to train it and it's not the best at learning new tricks. You, you're not going to be like, oh, come on. I've been practicing this with you now for weeks and you're still not doing it, you stupid little puppy. So talk to yourself and your body the way you would to someone else or a puppy or a child. You know, think of it very much that way also yeah. for the next I want you to do these things for a month because I would say normally three weeks it takes to change habits. Mm -hmm. And then let's add a fourth extra week because, you know, why not? Um, (laughs) And today is the 1st of February as we're recording this. So why not make this like a February challenge? And, you know, it really 
the the cultivating the emotions can literally just be as short as five minutes a day. Mm. Uh, so I'm sure you can find time. And and with the mindset stuff, thinking of it as a puppy, that's a bit more of like an ongoing. You really have to try and notice when it happens, and that's difficult at first. You know, it's really yeah. we have like seventy thousand thoughts a day or whatever. So it's you know it's 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 not going to be easy. But when you do catch it, re re say whatever you just noticed yourself thinking or saying about yourself. So if you do notice a thought, you walk past the mirror or whatever, and you think, God, you know. I don't know, something saggier than it should be or whatever. And, and, and then you catch it and, and then look, look, stop and look at yourself in the mirror and think something positive instead. Go, hey, you did a workout this morning and you didn't have to and no one forced you to. And that's really amazing. And I'm really proud of you for doing that. Yeah. No, thank I you. love that, Ely. That's, that's going to, we're going to do that. We're Let's both going to do that for the whole month. We are going Report to do that. Report back to me. Yeah, we will. I absolutely love I, that. It's just such an area of fitness that is overlooked. And the mind-body connection has been proven and experienced time and time and time again. And, and so I think, obviously, it's not enough alone. I'm not saying you can mindset your way to a six-pack without ever doing a sit-up. But yeah. if you're mm-hmm. already doing all the physical stuff and you feel like you've mm-hmm. hit this wall that could be the missing piece for you. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I, I'm, I've been working out with Lee as well and getting very fed up because I've been working out consistently, which I've never done in my life, yeah. but I'm not getting the results I want. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm so fat and disgusting. And you know, right. that's so, yeah, you're right. It's not helping. Right. And if you think to the way that you thought about yourself before and after working out, like if you're having those thoughts, like, I'm fat and disgusting. That that's not a change, right? You probably thought that before and after. And if we don't change things, how do we expect them to change? Yeah. Well, that's the the definition of madness, isn't it? It's doing the same thing every day and expecting right. different, different results. results. Yeah. And I and I understand because you have physically changed your routine, like you've physically changed something. So then it's like, oh, I don't get it. But we, our minds and body are connected, so you've only changed half of it, really. And like, yeah. I just think making that connection, then you're really like, you're using all of you to work together. Like our brains are, I would argue our strongest muscle. And and if you're not working out that one, you can work out your quads and your abs as much as you like, but you're only going to get so far. Mm. 100%. No, I, I totally agree. We are going to definitely do that, especially for Yay. let's do it for this month and we'll get back to you on the 1st of Please March. Do. And yes. we'll keep the listeners informed of course, as well. Of yeah, course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was amazing. Thank you for that. That was a totally different avenue than I saw this going on, but that was, no, but that was awesome. Um, So what we're going to do now is Mm -hmm. we're going to do a little quick fire 60 second question thing. It's kind of like a, would you rather sort of thing? Um, Are you ready? Are you ready? Not all of them are, would you rather? Some of them you've just got to answer off the top of your head. Yeah. This is what I'm worried about because you don't know the things that go through my mind. (laughs) Um, I can't wait for this. (laughs) Okay. Three, two, one, go. Favorite vegan meal? <gasps> uh, ben and Jerry's, vegan Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> I know it's not a meal, but I love it. Tea or coffee? Neither. Theatre, TV, or films? Or oh, theatre. Musicals or plays? Musicals. Singing or dancing? Oh, that's no, you can't ask me that. Singing. <laughs> Champagne or wine? Wine. Tofu or corn? Tofu. Biggest pet peeve? Um, P1. 
people that take up the whole bed. That's got nothing to do with veganism. Or <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. Would you rather win a Tony or an Olivier? Tony. Your favourite actor or actress? Margot Robbie. Who inspires you the most? Uh, myself. Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. And Marvel or DC? Oh, Marvel, come on. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> you did well. You did very well. It doesn't, oh, it doesn't have the to be racism or acting. <laughs> People that take up the whole bed are very annoying. So I'm with you there. That's put me on edge now. I'm energized. I better check in the mirror if I've got a six pack. <laughs> you better have a six pack after that. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, there's one last thing that we're going to ask everybody um, at the end of, of all of our interviews. If our listeners were to take one thing away from our chat today, what do you think that would be? I think, I actually hope that it's the mind-body connection stuff because mm-hmm. I think that applies to so many humans. And, you know, so regardless of being vegan or performers or anything, I just think it's this, I just think being kind to yourself inside your own head is the most important thing that anyone can do at any stage in their life so yeah, yeah I'm sorry it's irrelevant but I do hope no it's a hundred percent relevant nothing we... nothing is irrelevant one of the, the sayings that I like saying and was taught to me a while ago was every part of your life affects every part of your life yeah so butterfly effect absolutely Ailey it's been amazing Thank oh, you so thank much you. for thank you. thank you so much. Thank you for so much on. for having me. I've loved it. This was Bef- great. Before we go, Ailey, this isn't your first podcast, is it? It's not. I you run, it. yes. Please tell us all about that. Um, it's called the Little Less Lonely Podcast, which I co-host with my gorgeous flatmate and friend, Antoinette. And we basically pick a topic every time and then we're both quite spiritual and we're into the wellness and and psychology. So we basically just discuss kind of everyday issues that people have and we give our perspectives on it and and try and give almost like agony ant type advice. So, you know, we have an episode on ghosting or imposter syndrome, just these kind of, again, these generic, generic universal themes that we think most people go through at some point. So we like that you know, there's an episode for everyone in there. Even if you don't want to listen in chronological order, if you're having an issue with something, if we have an episode on it, go and listen. We might give some good advice that's helpful. We might mm-hmm. not. We also talk a lot of shite. <laughs> now and then there's like a nice little nugget. So, And where can people find that? Um, it's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Anchor and all of the all of the podcasty places. So Amazing, less lonely podcasts. We'll uh, we'll pop that in the show notes so that people can find it. We'll also pop your Instagram and everything down there as well for people um, if they want to come and say hi and talk to you about meditation and stuff. Oh, please, yeah, message me anytime. I can chat people's ears off about this, as you can tell. <laughs> and obviously, your meditation courses and things like that. We'll uh, we'll yeah. pop that in because as we've discussed today, meditation can can change your life, can mm-hmm. definitely change your outlook of the day. Absolutely. Wow, what a great interview that was. I know she has so much wisdom. For someone so young, she's very wise. Yeah, she's um she's had a lot of amazing experiences as well, though. She's obviously, as she said, lived in so many different places and I remember talking to Ellie a lot on tour 
and about her plans afterwards and stuff like that. And again, just revisit it in there. It's like, she seems to land on her feet quite a lot. And I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from her. She's had her hardships. We all have, but mm. she's one of these people who, when she puts her mind and body and soul into something, she gets it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so proud of her for finding something else that she's so passionate about as well. Yeah. I think that's a hard decision sometimes for people to make in the performing industry. I think sometimes we feel like we've put so much of ourselves into it that we kind of just have to keep going. And it's not to say that Ailey won't do anything else ever. She might, she will perform again, I'm sure. Yeah, but she's just found something that she loves equally as much. Yeah. I think it was Will Smith or someone of that caliber who said, don't have a plan B, work so hard that plan A is successful or something along those lines. I'm mm -hmm. completely misquoting that there. But I think if you do find something that you love just as much, then there's no harm in, in pursuing that. Why can't, why can't you do both? Why can't you do both? Exactly. And it's like I always say, every part of your life affects every part of your life. So if you find something like that, especially psychology, that's going to help you get into characters a bit mm -hmm. later on down the line, then do it. 100%. It's always, everything that you do is going to impact your acting and your acting is always going to impact everything else you do in your life. Mm -hmm. So obviously we recorded that podcast a week ago. How have you been getting on with a homework challenge? Honestly, not so great. Like I have been off work this week and I've been out of my routine and I have, I missed a workout and stuff. So I don't feel like I've gotten on so great with it. But remember, it's not about the workout as such. It's your mind, no, body I know. connection. I know. Um, so no, I haven't gotten on so great with it, but now that I'm going to be going back into my routine properly, mm. I'm going to make a real effort. Fair enough. What about you? So I've been in my routine anyway. So I found it a challenge to start off with. In fact, I'm still finding it a challenge now, mainly because of my body dysmorphia. That is something that I'm working really, really hard on, but I'm working on it. So I do spend five minutes a day, at least trying to think of a time where I was super happy, trying to think of a time where I was super confident and trying to think of a time where I've been really energized. Now the energized does still come at the end of a workout. That's why I make sure I get my workouts in where I'm really confident. I'm finding that these podcasts are helping with that because I do feel confident more confident now when I'm interviewing guests and that I know what I'm talking about. And that puts me in a good stature. Feeling happy is a hard one for me. I can't remember many times where I was truly happy. And there are times where I was truly happy, but it's trying to find those times because I think I put a block on it going, but why were you happy then? Why are you happy now? It's, it's really weird that that block I've got on happiness it's like excitedness. You've picked up on this with me a few times. I don't tend to get excited or massively excited. And I don't know whether that's down to how I perceive people being excited on the media and people being happy on the media. So that's something that I'm working at. But I've 
also introduced two other kind of techniques into the workout, something that you saw on TikTok because Emma is a massive TikTok fan now. TikTok's brilliant. (laughs) Doing 100 of these exercises and making sure I'm getting them in a day and something that I saw on YouTube about uh, a vacuum stomach. So I'm making sure I get that in. So all of it together is putting me in a, a more positive mood. And I looked at myself in the mirror before we came on this podcast, actually, and I said, Petch, you're doing well. You're looking great. Carry on. Fair enough. Well, we'll we'll revisit because Ailey has put a, a note in her calendar to make sure she checks in with us on the first of March to see. And no how doubt she'll on. be listening to this episode and she'll give you a message straight afterwards, going, "Emma, what do you mean you've not been doing it?" No, I've. I didn't say I've not been doing it. I've just said I've found it hard. I didn't say I've not been doing it. So Ailey, don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> don't come at us, Ailey. 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 <laughs> so we, as we said before, we've got quite a few more guests that we have already interviewed and Mm. we'll be obviously releasing those bi-weekly for you. And we're very, very excited to to do that. So please make sure you subscribe and give us a rating. Give us a like. Give us a like. Yeah, share. Share it to everyone. Yeah, of course, please do. Um, Because we've got some really cool people coming up. And that said, we've got some coming up, but it doesn't mean that we don't want more. Mm -hmm. This is kind of the format going forward now, guys. If you like it, please let us know. But, you know, we do want to be interviewing more people and gaining more knowledge for ourselves and for our listeners. So if you know someone or if you are someone who wants to come on the podcast, just get in touch with us. Our socials are at pbperformerspod on Instagram and Twitter, plantbasedperformers at gmail.com via email. And yeah, please get in touch. So that has been another exciting episode of the Plant Based Performers podcast. I have been Lee Petcher. I've been Amelia Rose. That has been Oreo. And we have been putting veganism back in the spotlight. Thanks for joining. We had a-